Well, speaking of Midwestern slobs, uh, I would like to uh, relate a, a story of uh, travel tomfoolery from uh, my attempts to make it back to the East Coast uh, oh, boy. over the last couple of days. Um, so I was, uh, I was attempting to fly out of a tiny regional airport, the central Wisconsin airport, uh, yesterday. And like Chicago closed down. No flight. You know, I was connecting through Chicago back to New York. Nothing was coming in or going out of Chicago because of weather, quote unquote. But I strongly I, I strongly suspect someone just uh, spilled hot beef on the radar or someone in the uh, O'Hare control tower ate a hot dog with ketchup on it and a riot broke out. But anyway, so I was uh, Catherine and I were were stranded in the uh, central Wisconsin airport for like five six hours like you know the no planes coming in going out our plane from chicago like hadn't even arrived yet it lands we get on the plane we're out on the on the tarmac waiting to take off and they're like oh we got to go back to the gate they're not letting us into chicago so this was like after hours of waiting we go back to the gate now at this time this is a tiny airport so in the terminal um there's just one sort of bar and like food kiosk area and by that time, it was like dinner time. But the employees at the airport who worked at the food kiosk had, had knocked off for the day. They had gone home. So uh, once we got back to the gate, Catherine and I witnessed a group of uh, uh, mutinous Midwesterners who mutinied in this airport and began liberating beer from behind the bar, just getting in some spotted cows because they were like, fuck it. You know, like we, there's no one here to take our money. I want a beer. You know, if you're going to be stranded at an airport, you might as well get drunk. So uh, we're, we're sitting there watching this and like, look, they even put money down on the counter and they were just, you know, having a drink or whatever. Like someone took a bottle of water from the uh, like the food kiosk area. The fucking people at the gate at American Airlines called the cops on them, called the police police <laughs> on on the on these on the mutineers. And like this one cop showed up and like they like went to the gate and they like pointed them all out. And he like proceeded to interview all the perps and take down their driver's license and said that they could be arrested and prosecuted for theft if the owner of the food kiosk slash bar sought to uh, uh, you know pro- seek charges against them. Uh, there was this girl who was like, she was like crying and shit, and she was like, "I put money on the counter," and he's like, "Ma'am, ma'am, if there's no one there to take the money, no, I can't take the money. There's no one there to take the money. That's called theft." And I was like. What happened to the honor system? You know, we, we used to be a nation. We used to be a real proper country where people trusted each other. But now you can't even uh, sneak a cheeky beer at an abandoned airport after being there for seven hours. Yeah, that's just it's amazing how that's just a, a feel good story about, you know, people coming together and under hard circumstances and then just. <laughs> no, nope, yeah, can't have that. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know. Oh, look, the Grinch is coming back into Whoville. <laughs> He's got all the gifts. A fucking no scope headshot. <laughs> um, I mean, like uh, the, the, the IRS the, comes in at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. And it's like, fuck you, dude. Just because you've got <laughs> 20,000 different dollars to replace the $20,000 you took. That doesn't mean it evens out. What are you talking about? You still took the $20,000. You're going to jail, bitch. See, like, I, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure how it resolved itself. The, uh, the, the thieves were allowed to finally get on the airplane and go to Chicago when it finally took off. But I don't know if, like, they're gonna have they have a summons to return to Central Wisconsin to face, uh, to, to face a judge for stealing twelve dollars worth of beer. Oh, it's gonna be Judge Velkenheiser. 
When I got to Chicago, send him to the bone stripper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that this is some real nothing but trouble uh, material here. Oh, and then when we got to Chicago and and took a car to the uh, the hotel we were just staying at for like a couple hours, uh, the guy was watching an anime on his phone while driving and playing the anime through the car's stereo. So man, I've I've had I've had a hell of a last forty eight hours. Sub or dub? Oh, it was a it was a it was a dub. It was a dub. Oh man, the the indignities just keep piling up. I think it was uh, I I actually I actually looked I, I saw on his phone he was watching Spy Family. I don't know if, if if anime heads out there, but just imagine the the audio to that being like battering your skull after spending oh. eight hours in an airport. Ugh. I hope you got to watch some restorative Shark Tank after that at the <laughs> oh, hotel. I, I, yeah, I was watching Shark Tank. Shark Tank. I was watching Forensic Files, Hoarders, all the good shit. Well, anyway, uh, I, had, I had a great Independence Day. I hope everyone had a good holiday weekend. Uh, it's good to be back home. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Chapo, Thursday, July 6th. Let's fucking go. Hello. Well, um, I guess to start out today's episode, I would like to uh, let's check back in on the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, because he <laughs> has a doozy of a story in the paper today. Now, I didn't talk about this last week. But um, he, w- he was burning up the timeline again last week because he accused a Holocaust survivor who's now a tenants rights activist in the Bronx of being a, a plant- uh, basically a slave master. He said, don't talk to me like we're on the plantation because she was like, why are you raising rents for <laughs> Section 8 housing or something like that? But no, uh, Eric Adams is back in the news with an even better story uh, today. And it involves uh, a friend of his. Uh, the headline here for the New York Times, the mayor had a photo of a fallen officer. Was his story about it true? By Emma G. Fitzsimmons. Uh, it says, in Mayor Eric Adams' first month in office, he was confronted with a tragic crisis. The deaths of two New York City police officers who were responding to a domestic disturbance in Harlem. Mr. Adams, a former police captain who campaigned as a Democrat crime fighter, quickly sought to humanize the killings. The loss of the officers, he said, reminded me, reminded him of the 1987 line of duty death of a friend, Officer Robert Venable. I still think about Robert, Mr. Adams said at a news conference at City Hall. I keep a picture of Robert in my wallet. A week later, Mr. Adams posed for a portrait in his office holding a wallet-sized photo of Officer Venable after the New York Times had requested to see it. Mr. Adams has since repeated the moving anecdote in media interviews and at a police academy ceremony last June, where he again displayed Officer Venable's picture. But the weathered photo of Officer Venable had not actually spent decades in the mayor's wallet. It had been created by employees in the mayor's office in the days after Mr. Adams claimed he had been carrying it in his wallet. The employees were instructed to create a photo of Officer Venable, according to a person familiar with the request. A picture of the officer was found on Google. It was printed in black and white and made to look worn as if the mayor had been carrying it for some time, including by splashing some coffee on it, said the person who spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of retribution. Unbelievable. You know, that's the kind of thing where you got to stop and be like, look, is this thing we're making these people do, is this too funny for one of them not to tell somebody about yeah, and when you're talking about something like this, which is literally a George Costanza subplot from Seinfeld, <laughs> yeah. someone's gonna fucking talk. So don't even bother. I like the thing I like about. I mean, 
There's too many things I like about Eric Adams, but like, <laughs> like just the five. He's cool the greatest. Player. He's the greatest. But like, it's like just the kinds of things he lies about. Like he goes through like a Watergate type effort, but to lie about completely inconsequential things, like being a vegan, yeah, while eating fish. <laughs> you lie or about like, that. This is such a. I don't think this story of him like supposedly carrying this guy's picture in his wallet, even if that was true or people believed it true, it, it didn't move a single fucking vote. No, but he's such a like he's such a nervous, weird asshole of a guy. Like he's like he, he like he he's who does he remind me of? I guess like uh, it, faulty towers. I guess <laughs> more than anything, just the, the constant. The constant system of interconnected and extremely fragile lies yeah. that he, he's going through every single day. Yeah. And it's like like he's he works himself up into this thing where he's like, oh, my God, I lied about having this guy's picture in my fucking wallet. I need to involve 70 people in artificially distressing <laughs> this Google images print out so even more people will know. And he, he all he can ever do is make it make something worse. And uh, more embarrassing. He takes something that's already weird and embarrassing and like just blows it up tenfold. Harried New York City mayor uh, promises duck for dinner. Guests are surprised at result. I mean, it's uh, it's it's just he's got this the child's like liar deal where you're like already setting up a false front and then you just like have to outbid yourself. You know, like, yeah, I'm eating healthy. I, I'm, I think you need to eat healthy. In fact, I'm a vegan. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm not a vegan. It's like, no, I, for right now, to make this point, I'm a vegan. And then, like, I love this guy. I have a picture of him in my wallet. And just, you have to outbid. You're only outbidding yourself because you're essentially full of shit. And, like, why, like, would and no one would doubt, like, he was a police captain. And I'm sure he was friends with this guy who was killed in the line of duty. But, like, it's just, yeah, you're right. Going that extra, extra inch to say, well, I have a photo. I've, I've kept a photo of him in my wallet for the last 20 years. And then, like, the New York Times is like, can we see the photo? And then there's just, like, closed door, all-night session. They're like, okay, we, how do we get him out of this? <laughs> and, 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 like, you know, they're hiring uh, forensics ex experts to, like, artificially distress this, like, uh, a, a printout to make it look like a fucking a condom that's been in his wallet. <laughs> and, 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 like, did, did you notice that he, like, he added more lies to like come up like come up with a reason for why it's like distressed he was like uh actually i moved to a money clip so it fucked the picture up even yeah, more yeah it's just like another lie like he's just <laughs> he's in the checkout he's in the checkout aisle and sees like a big box of candy and he's like i can't resist throwing that on top of the entire cart mm -hmm. yep He's got to get the impulse buy items. Well, like uh, the, when he was lying about like living in New York and he went the extra mile of like an embarrassing and unconvincing lie that he like lives in, in an apartment clearly lived in by like his 27 year old son where all the shoes are lined up against the bed, like how a sixth grader would do it. <laughs> and they're like, they're, they're like, do you remember there's like poster? There's like posters for like fucking John Wick in there. He's like, yeah, this is my house. Do you remember the photo of his supposed bedroom, though? It was the it was the weirdest bedroom like uh, that. Like, this is your house. It's the master bedroom. There's no windows. And the bed looks like a like a sleigh. Like they should have jingle bells on it. And it's just in the middle of the room. Like you can yes. walk full 360 around it. It was <laughs> truly. But Felix, you mentioned um, 
some of Eric Adams' other incredibly low stakes and pointless lies. Uh, the, the Times article does uh, uh, list a few of them. It says here, as mayor, Mr. Adams frequently shares his personal recollections, helping him connect to his working class base. Many of his stories are difficult to verify, and at times he has been caught stretching the truth. The mayor, for example, said he was vegan before being forced to admit that he eats fish. He said that a story he told in a 2019 commencement address about intimidating a neighbor was true, but acknowledged it did not happen to him. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, it's like I, I'm the neighbor uh, of the neighbor who intimidated the other neighbor. So by sort of transitive properties, I was the one intimidating a neighbor. Uh, with some other ones, though, it says more recently, Mr. Adams claims to have sold his stake in a one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn were once again contradicted by recent financial disclosure forms that show he still retains ownership. In the initial interview with The Times in his office, Mr. Adams said that the photo was always in my wallet until my wallet got too bulky. Another Seinfeld plot line <laughs> and added that he more recently had been keeping it in a money clip. He was a Fair very on. dear friend. Beep, beep. And it keeps me committed, he said. <laughs> You know what? He's New York's mayor and he's he's yep. killing it. He's embodying the city with his hilarious sitcom shenanigans. Uh, I would like him to like the next step is to him to for, to resign as New York City mayor and then just show up the next day and pretend it never happened. Mm. <laughs> I was kidding. I I'm 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 reminded of um Nate Silver saying like, you know, he'd be a good outside pick for like you know, Democratic candidate for president after Biden. <laughs> it's, it is kind of true because it's like, what what would your line of attack even be? He's constantly shifting. There's constantly a new, insane, but very minor thing he's lying about. And in order to attack him, you have to explain so much. It's kind of like if you were if you were someone who's like really invested into like Chris Chan or like an online locale. And you 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 think it's so funny, but every time you explain it to people, you, a normal person, they're like, well, you're fucking insane. You know, every detail about this person's life you followed for 15 years. You know, you, you've called the police on this person 80 times. What? Well, how do you how do you know? Like, this is way too much information for me to absorb. I don't get it. It would be like that. Like the, the team DeSantis or team Trump would have to there would have to be like Google doc, like prep documents to explain all the, all the background lies. I would love to see like the Washington post fact checking department. Like how many pants on fire, how would they even begin to investigate how many pants on fire they should assign to like his claim that the, the crystalline entity that lives under Manhattan's bedrock gives the city quote, good vibes. Well, that's just true. I don't know what you're. <laughs> yeah, you can't fact there. check that. I thought you're talking you... about lies that he did. That's the true thing he stated. You have to fact check the things he says. Where it's like, I knew the real pigeon woman from Home Alone too, <laughs> <laughs> and she she was 115 and she died last week. And we're we're going to play Empire State of Mind to memorialize her. Okay. It was I her like her, I've got her ashes like... above my mantle place. Oh, shit. They're coming over. <laughs> yeah. And they, they don't even they don't even think like, um, oh, we can just get an empty vase to pretend to be her ashes. They go through the trouble of digging up and cremating a homeless person <laughs> <laughs> in 24 hours. <laughs> You don't 
no, she wasn't the pigeon lady. He's from like, Home Alone, uh, uh, the, the mayor's office is calling like the city morgue, and it's just like, can I, hey, can I earmark one of these that are going to the anatomy board or, or the yeah, Potter's he, Field so we can uh, burn it down and I can carry a little bit in my wallet? He uh, Eric like, Adams. A lot of people don't know this. Eric Adams actually arrested the Sticky Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that saved Kevin McAllister. They're still doing time. And they actually, they, they correspond with each other. He visits them in prison. They're friends now. <laughs> the, my favorite? They think he's the coolest guy on earth. They said that. They have, it's, on a, it's in a letter. He's, it's, it's in this other car. He'll get it. <laughs> I, my favorite thing with his conspiracies is, like, he involves so many fucking people. Like, yeah. you know how, like, the We'll all just go and snitch to the New York Times. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's too fun not to. You got to tell somebody. <laughs> but it's like. He involves more people in the wallet lie than like th- than were involved in like the killing of Kennedy. Yeah, there were, <laughs> like, there were fewer a, there were fewer assets in Dallas on November twenty second than there were huddled around that thing, putting little dollops of uh, coffee on it. <laughs> <laughs> An eyedropper. Uh, uh, no, Felix, you you brought it up. Uh, another thing that I, another just amazing Eric Adams fact that uh, surfaced just last week that I never knew about him is that in all of his public appearances as mayor of New York City, he insists on coming out to the Jay-Z and Alicia Keys song, New York's Empire State of Mind, which, as longtime listeners of the show may remember, is my least favorite song ever written. I thought you were from New York. I don't understand. It's it's a a love letter to your city. Concrete streets where dreams are made of. Uh, He just wants to remind people where he's from. And but he's like, hey guys, in case you forgot what the what city I'm the mayor of, here's here's my theme song. That is so fucking like, I don't think there's anything funnier than like growing up in New York and that being your favorite song. Yeah, yeah, that's funnier than anything. (laughs) 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 But I saw I saw a video where um he's doing some idiotic press conference and like they always put the boombox out first to play Empire State of Mind. But then someone immediately puts a bag of trash in front of it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and like the speaker is like one of those like like just Bluetooth speakers that like, yeah. you know, it sucks. <laughs> well, and like, why are you, why do why does the mayor have to have like walkout music? Yeah, is he a fucking first baseman for the Yankees? <laughs> Mariano Rivera, yeah. Oh man, I, I don't know. Actually, I think all mayor, I think all politicians should have walkout music. You know? Yes, I think that's true. I mean, the the presidential campaigns always have a theme song, right? Yeah. Like uh, hilariously, born in the USA was uh, Reagan's Ronald in '84. Reagan. Uh, I was actually just talking about this 1992 Clinton campaign. It was uh, Fleetwood Mac's "Don't Stop yes, Believing" don't stop and Steely Dan's tomorrow. "Reeling in the Years." Uh, I didn't know about "Reeling in the Years." That's funny. Uh, he's he's Dan Head. Who knew? But. Obama really was telling everybody like both him, him and Trump who are basically the same guy in many respects. They both let you know what you were getting when they ran for president because Obama's theme song was uh, signed, sealed and delivered, you know, which is just like, I am a monumental world historic narcissist who is like gifting (laughs) myself. Here I am, babe. Here I am. I'm yours. (laughs) The prophecy has been fulfilled. And then. (laughs) Trump's was the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want. And and Macho Man. Let us not forget Macho well, let's Man. Let's not forget Macho. Yes, but <laughs> yeah. he was a Macho Man, and he was also going to promise stuff that there's no way he's going to deliver because he's just there to vibe. He's there to do the little dance. Ah! 
Ah! I still ah! don't know why he did that. It's haunted me. Also, also uh, memories. From oh yes, he loves that. He loves all the old show tunes. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, honestly, perhaps the greatest of all time. I know, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, people like uh, Stephen Sondheim, but to me, it's just a little, it's a little high, highfalutin. Sitting courtside, Nicks and Nets give me high five. I be spiked out. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. Well, moving on from uh, New York City uh, to some uh, national news. Um, they're doing coke in the White House. Hunter! <laughs> <laughs> they found uh, they found white powder in the White House that they believe is possibly cocaine. Uh, they're currently testing it. They're waiting for the results to come back. But look, um, obviously, the obvious joke here is Hunter, right? Yep. But I'm like, I don't, I just don't think that's his style. That shit would have been done snorted. Like, yeah, he's not, he's not, he's he's not, not leaving, leaving that shit anywhere. Like, it's yeah. why I don't own one of those wine stoppers. Yeah, I have never opened a <laughs> bottle of wine and not finished it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's a bit Moorish, you know, and we know Hunter really loves doing cocaine. So I, I find it hard to believe. I, he loves it. It's his favorite thing. Yeah, I like Hunter. Hunter isn't losing a bag. I really have to assume this is like I mean, this is a fucking dorkwad DC staffer who's like trying to impress somebody. They like got cocaine for a party and like. I don't know. They dropped it out of their wallet, and this is going to be like um, it'll be like a very Tim Riggins storyline where they blame it. They blame, <laughs> they blame it, on it on Hunter. The bad kid. Yeah, yeah, on the Hunter, the, the the bad fifty-two year old kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, he was innocent. Uh, yeah, he's going to go to jail like Tim Riggins too. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ashley will be like Tara and like kill somebody with Jesse Clemens. <laughs> Oh, that writer strike season. Ugh, yeah, cool. that was rough. Um, and but then, but then Biden, you know, Biden uh, will go coach. Uh, he'll be president of the black side of America and bring them a championship for the first time ever. <laughs> um, but okay, so like, yeah, like, uh, probably probably a bad boy staffer. I don't think it's Hunter. Honestly, though, I think it could be Kamala. It, mm. Like reports ah, say it was found near the, where the like vice president on. works. Is she on uppers? Because it no, seems like she's zanned out. No way she is on any type of upper. Yeah, she seems like she's floating on the old opioid cloud all day. Yeah, but you yeah, feel like she's she's she's, she's mixing it's a little speedball action. Maybe she speedballs. Like maybe like we only see her when she's like you know. Uh, then it comes up after she's off camera and she's just like you know, headbutting staffers and stuff. We'll only find out later. Nobody leaks from this damn administration. It's very annoying. His people have commented on this. It it is absolutely the most uh, leakless White House of my memory. It's very annoying. Yeah, we need more details. I want to know about Uncle Joe. They I think like, that, I think that's the problem. They're trying to do like normal White House leaks, but everyone's like, okay, um, two staffers don't like each other. Who gives a shit? Right. Tell me about Joe continually walking to a wall like a sim, <laughs> and they won't give that up. <laughs> I mean, like the only I, thing they like, contract. Oh like, boy, Kamala's not doing a good job, and it's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh yeah, my god, yeah, 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 what an inside scoop. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. All the leaks are like uh, anonymous, in, anonymous White House insiders saying Kamala really needs to define herself in the role of vice president. 
Yeah, she's I mean, got to step like up. They, it's like they have a massive fucking like uh like like Lucky Charms size gleet blocking the, the the pee hole that gives us all the good Washington leaks. And in marked contrast nice. to the Trump White House, oh, which God. is a daily uh, just a, a pit of vipers who are like <laughs> just backbiting, backstabbing motherfuckers who are like doing the tea here. every day, scooping up the fucking uh, nuggets with my hat out of the stream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Trump, the the Trump White House was it was so like contentious that like people like there were like so many factions within it that like people were hired just to like suicide bomb and drive out other people. It was great. <laughs> fucking the mooch in there for eleven days. Yeah, they just like strapped him with C four and kicked him out of a helicopter under the White House. Yeah, but like yeah, the Bi- Biden world is just that's uh. the, the stuff about like the the Kamala stuff. Is so annoying because it's all stuff that like anyone could give you. Yes. Where it's like, oh, uh, don't don't name me in this, but um, because this is so inside, people will know it's me. But Kamala is really weird and off-putting. <laughs> She's often unprepared for public statements. It's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, we see seen, the public statements. <laughs> seen her talk ever. <laughs> yeah, we need to know. That I want. I want. I want Joe's drug regimen. I want to know how many naps he takes in a day. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you guys are asking because like there is a story in uh, New York magazine that constitutes like the extent of the insider goss on the the Biden White House. Uh, The headline here is President Biden's weirdest White House habits by Margaret Hartman for New York magazine. Uh, And this, this is like, this is going to give you not his drug regimen, but it's going to give you just to share with you now a sort of a, a peek behind the veil of what the Biden White House is like, what, what he's like and the people around him on a day to day basis. What does he do? What are his habits? So uh, the article begins. Um, Donald Trump is a man so bizarre that reports about his behavior inside the White House instantly took on a mythic quality. The Diet Coke button, the tape down tie, executive time, well done steak with ketchup. Fast food feasts. These images at once unsurprising and completely unfathomable will be etched into my mind forever. Someday I'll scare my great grandchildren when they inquire about my dessert preferences and I blurt out, two scoops. President gets two scoops of ice cream, <laughs> everyone else one. <laughs> See? See, like we all remember these moments. These these are like shining diamonds. Seriously, this is good writing because while you were reading the previous paragraph, I was just going, two scoops. Two scoops of ice cream. And then he's like, yep, two scoops, remember? Just like. Like cats, memories. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember when they tried, like the Trump people tried to turn the, they, they were sort of like libified for a moment. They tried to turn the two scoops into like a 2012, like Obama-esque meme (laughs) where they're like, oh, two scoops, two terms. And it's like, no one, no one believes, no one believes that's happening. They did the same thing with the well-done steak and ketchup. I remember yeah. it was like the, 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 oh, the, one of the one of those free beacon mutants like went to a went to like signature steakhouse in DC and posted a photo of him like with a shit eating grin being like mm, I'm dipping my hamburger steak and ketchup you know eating uh, po- eating worse to spite the libs this is an August tradition going back to the 2004 RNC in New York where they replaced all the Heinz ketchups with inferior hunts because Teresa Heinz Carey was the owner of the Heinz that's that's what they do. They it really, it really showed. Cuts. It really showed Trump's dominance, though, because like for a free beacon guy, like the only thing they care about is like going to places like Roots Chris, yep, like overpriced national steak chains, yep. 
and being a big shot who like knows like okay yeah well, uh, so the prime rib that's or that's got a smoky whatever you know now they can't even do that they just have to eat it like a like a fucking plebe yeah their 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 entire personality before that was like if you order a steak medium you might yeah. as well leave the restaurant yep it sh- it should be mooing when it comes to the table okay just yeah. bring the steer around. I'll carve off what I want and ride the rest home. Dennis Leary, folks. Yep. <laughs> America's America's national treasure. Um, so going on in the article, it says here, now we've come crashing back to the world of tan suits and exactly seven almonds. God, do you remember that? Do you remember the se- Obama's seven almonds? Well, was, my, was my dad president? <laughs> 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 yeah, no. I'm, uh, uh, Obama had the same, like, 50 year old man eating disorder that my dad had and (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what it is with like guys of that age but it's like a very specific 10 year age range where it's like guys who are like rail thin but they're they're like if i eat more than three really shitty hard pretzels a day i'm gonna (laughs) get diabetes i'm gonna be fat and they're like 40 pounds underweight so it says here um uh i when I read news reports about Joe Biden's White House, I feel pleased that America is making healthier choices. But there's also an unnerving dull quality, like I've just ditched my 12 soda a day habit and I'm trying to convince myself that tap water will be fine. Thanks. Well, is I don't it, like well, is a 12 soda a day habit like a normal <laughs> thing that people are <laughs> ditching? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you should be drinking way more soda than that. 12 yeah, sodas that, a day yeah. is not nearly enough soda. That was my point. It's not nearly uh, enough. Yeah. So, okay, uh, just give me, it says here, of course, moderation is best in all things. And fortunately, if you squint really hard and comb through every article written on life in the White House since January 2021, it emerges that Joe Biden does have a few entertainingly odd habits. Here is the first of them. Biden subjected Harris to regular travel photo slideshows. Uh, the vice presidency has been famously and grossly compared to a bucket of warm spit. But there are a few perks, like enjoying a weekly lunch with the president. Biden carried on this tradition with Vice President Kamala Harris initially during dining with her every week. But the Los Angeles Times reported in May 2022 that their lunches had become much rarer occurrences. Could that have something to do with the nightmarish twist Biden added to the ritual? According to The Washington Post, once a week, Biden eats lunch with Harris following a pattern established when he was vice president with Barack Obama. The White House photo office puts together a slideshow of images from their recent travel and events that the two watch on a monitor as they eat, allowing them to to reflect on their week. Biden's preferred lunch is a soup and salad, usually a chopped salad with grilled chicken, and he is partial to orange Gatorade and Coke Zero. Panera ass presidency. Orange Gatorade is a lunch beverage is just (laughs) that is incredibly depressing. Especially for an 80-year-old man. He's got to get those electrolytes. I like Drinking orange Gatorade is like when you have a desperate hangover. That's when orange Gatorade is appropriate. Um, But yeah, I I like the idea that like uh, like him and Obama had lunch every week. And like him and Kamala start out the presidency and he's like, yeah, we're bringing back the old tradition. I I don't know how long that lasted. But the fact that he's just making her watch slideshows of them, (laughs) uh, like uh, just what they did over the last week. It's not even like, oh, like we went on vacation. Here's us at Disney World or something. It's just like, here, <laughs> here's me, um, you know, I don't know, uh, speaking to the, you know, the agricultural committee, the agriculture committee. I don't know. It, yeah, it's nothing exciting. It's like, yeah. who, guess who met with the iron ore minister for Nepal? <laughs> and and I mean, then like there, there, are probably, there are probably some flavor ones thrown in. Like, here's me and my, my daughter, Ashley, 
at our shitty like beach house in Rehoboth. We have some, we had to, here's us eating some chips. You know, it, it would be one thing if she was if he was showing her like the Bohemian Grove Greenacrum ceremony stuff. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. I would love to go to a, a slideshow. I was like, oh yeah, there we are. They brought they're they're bringing out the uh, kid, like a uh, fucking Temple of Doom uh, monkey brain scene. <laughs> there we are, popping the heads off, going to town. Look at Henry; he's loving it. See that would a, be interesting. It's probably like it's probably like just the stuff that isn't like meeting with the you know Bengalese Interior Ministry minister is like here's me meeting with Ted Stevens's family. It's just all like Senate bullshit. Yeah. I, oh, here, like all those stage photos are people's family has to gather around and they just like they have the receiving line and they just snap a photo that they paid like $10,000 for. He just like, he'll just go through the greatest hits of that of all the best hair he smelled that week. Here's me lying down in Birch Buys mausoleum. <laughs> we have some, we have a few more details about um, Biden's uh, what style of eater he is. And it says here, uh, President Biden is pretty much a basic eater, the first lady revealed in a January 2021 interview with Parade magazine. Jill Biden said her husband's must-have food staples are ketchup, peanut butter, and jelly, which tracks with the New York Times reporting on the president's culinary habits. Um, so basically, that he doesn't have to chew. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's true. As you get older, you just sort of become a kid again, and you want PB&J and ketchup with every meal. Yeah, it's really weird how Joe Biden uh, loves these foods that he can't choke to death eating unsupervised. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit more here from the Times. It says here in the vice president's residence, the staff was instructed to keep this is uh, back when he was um, uh, in the Obama administration. It says the vice president's residence, the staff was instructed to keep the kitchen stocked with vanilla chocolate chip Haagen-Dazs ice cream, special K cereal, one bunch of red grapes, sliced cheese, six eggs, sliced bread, one tomato from the garden and at least two apples on hand at all times. And uh, Mr. Biden's drink of choice, of course, orange Gatorade. And uh, here's another here's another uh, another detail. It says Biden has stocked the outer Oval Office with saltwater taffy from Dolls, a staple of the boardwalk in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and his favorite chocolate chip cookies. In a nod to COVID, each cookie is individually enclosed in a wrapper with a gold White House seal, making them hot commodities among staffers and visitors. I was gonna I say. Mean, so I mean, I, w- I would assume that that's not a COVID thing. That yeah, he's what? not just having loose cookies in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that he's not just like taking them out of his pocket and they're they're just surrounded by the oldest lint in history. <sighs> uh, I guess gonna say though, saltwater taffy. Not a fan of it. Ugh, I, get it, it out of it's here. Just, it's, very, it's it's gar- yeah. it's it's oh, it's so good. Garbage I don't understand the appeal. Treat. I don't. I've never had an urge in my life to have it, independent of seeing it. And even then, no. It feels like a candy that you're given if, like, you're six and your dad just died in Bistone. <laughs> it's a it's a like 1918 poverty candy. Yeah, exactly. Pr- like, it's yeah. before we perfected treats why would you want one of these old ass treats you're gonna gnaw on some salt uh cod hardtack next yeah you can you can eat it before your shift at seven years old (laughs) have some of that taffy and go down to the mine junior yeah it's really it's like just a workman like yeah pleasureless candy 
Yeah. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a bit more in this article about how he plays Mario Kart with his grandchildren, who are his sort of like, uh, they're, they're sort of his plug to the, being tech savvy and what the kids are doing these days. So he plays Mario Kart. Uh, there's also details about him and uh, Dr. Jill Biden fight with each other when they get in a little marital spat. They will fight with each other over text message so as not to alert the Secret Service to their, to their, to their row. Are they hitting each other? No, they're just they're are just they, you know. are they like, they're alerting the Secret Service. Is this like one of those well, you crazy, know, like mutually abusive relationships. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. Like sometimes, like you know, you're 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 in a spat with your loved one, and then you're like in the back of a car, and you know, it's like a taxi being driven, and you're like, do I really want to give the driver like a front seat to my neuroses and relationship problems? Is he like? Uh, is but, he like one of those guys uh, on the train who's like arguing? Very like only New York thing, a guy who's arguing with his girlfriend on the train and like involves you. Isn't she wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but uh, in addition to the, uh, the, the, all the peanut butter and orange Gatorade, he's uh, drinking uh, the other Biden news of note this week. Um, he appointed mass murderer, Elliot Abrams back to the U S government. Yay. to His administration, the Trump, a, a guy, a guy who served in the Trump administration. And like I, I don't know, like wouldn't shouldn't this be a cause for more outrage among the uh, sort of liberal types that Biden is putting a Trump administration official in his own White House, and not just a Trump administration official, but someone who has uh, been convicted of lying to Congress and uh, presided over a genocide in Central America? No, because of like liberal and center left foreign policy types, Elliot Abrams was one of the most oft defended Trump administration officials. Yeah, I mean, remember Ilan Omar lost her seat on the foreign relations or like the what is it foreign relations because she brought up the El Mazote massacre to him during his confirmation hearing under Trump. Classic anti-Semitic trope. Yeah. Confronting a Jewish person about murders they've done. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like, you remember that person who worked at the Center for American Progress? Uh, where her name was like Kelly Magzaman or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then she was like, yeah. when Ilan Omar brought that up, she was like... This is nothing like the man I work for. This is completely out of bounds. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, he was seen as like a like very normal by DC foreign policy establishment. And yeah, no, I mean, no one gives a shit. Foreign policy is always on the back burner for Americans. And this guy has always been part of the team. He knows where the literal bodies are literally buried. Yeah. A, A thousand people killed. And, uh, that one incident, but there's many, mm. many more killed under his under his uh, under his watch in Central America. Um, just a just a world world record holding monster. Just his a job true... was not ordering that stuff or training those troops or administering U.S. policy there. His job was just to defend it and say it was good. Yeah, let's give it straight. In a real country, like obviously, this guy would be in prison, but like. You can't even ask for. Can this guy just never work in government again? Nope, not yeah, too much. But um, let, let's end the show strong. And I'd like to uh, return to a uh, a segment we've done on this show in the past, and I think it's time to uh, bring it back for today's episode. That's right. I'm talking about cock news. Mm. What's going on in the world of penises? Male, the male Hunter, genitalia. Again? Come on, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, a lot of people were talking about the other week. Uh, the New Yorker had a long article about penis enlargement surgery that is one of those things that, like everyone was talking about. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. 
Um, I read it and it is a horror show. <laughs> it is a fucking, it is, it is unreal. The shit that's in this article. So, uh, listener, uh, if, if you are, uh, let's say, not generously endowed, aka cursed by God for being Irish, there's nothing you can do about it. There is nothing you can yep. do about it. You do just not got a bad try. hand. Yeah, just just play the cards you were dealt. And you got to know when to hold them, and you certainly got to know when to fold them before <laughs> going to the dick butcher. This article yeah. is wild. Th- this is um, I had so when I was like eleven. I was such a neurotic child. I don't know what the fuck was up with me, but like I I remember being like 10 or 11 and like just a thinking that the dick you have as a 10 year old is just the dick you'll have for your entire <laughs> life. <laughs> like I, just, I was just like convinced of that. I, I don't know. No one told me that. It was just like, oh, fuck. And it's like then, your eyeballs. It's the one thing that doesn't grow. Yeah. And then just like this is going to determine the rest of my life. And I would, I would think these incredibly neurotic things when I was 10, I was like, I have to get great grades so I can get into a great college like Harvard and then become a very rich hiring adult. So I can afford surgery to make my penis big (laughs) because otherwise it's going to ruin my life. My 10 year old Dick. And even then I would read about it. Like when we are, when we are, our family got a computer, I would like read accounts of the surgery and like horrifying, like terrifying shit. Um, I read an account of a rock star who like it got infected for a week straight. And it was just like, it was the It was the size uh, width wise of like a fucking cantaloupe. Oh. And would you be surprised that in the 20 years since then, that there haven't really been any advances. No, no, <laughs> there's, there's just nothing. Like they have there, not gotten better at yeah, it. There, well, let, let, let's look. Let's look. To, let's look to the bleeding edge of uh, male genitalia enhancement, courtesy of the New Yorker. So, um, one of the guys uh, profiled in this, one of the um, uh, unlucky gentlemen, is a, a guy named Mick. He's using his middle name to avoid embarrassment, but he says the idea that um, his dick wasn't big enough. He describes it like an evil root. It gets in there and grows like a tree. I think everybody has that on some level about something. So it says, over the years, Mick kept up with advances in male augmentation, but wasn't thrilled by the options. The gains from a vacuum pump were fleeting. Hanging weights from the end of his shaft seemed like a painful investment for an uncertain result. And having a surgeon snip his suspensory ligament, which promised an additional inch or so, could lead to wobblier erections. You don't I wasn't even aware that was an option. That's not, but that's now not you're, a good wobb- you're wobbling over all over the place. So is this guy, does this guy, because I feel like this is important. Does this guy just have like a small dick or like micro penis? I, it, it's not really. Uh, yeah. It, see, it, that I is mean, like none of these guys actually, it, 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 no one's breaking out a tape measure in this New York article. I don't know how that got by their much vaunted fact checking department. Because like that is sort of the exception here. Because mm-hmm. like having a small dick is one thing and it's just, it's a neuroses that you should if as an adult just confront rather than trying to avoid but uh micro penis that's like a life ruiner like yeah, I, micro micro penis is one of those things where it's like like what do you even say to that yeah. is something where it's like can't they do anything for them i really do i feel like terrible for them yeah like if i if i was a politician that would be you know every politician has like just one thing that they actually care about yeah they're yeah, idiosyncratic hobby horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything else are just, you know, I've completely sold out my values. Israel, 
healthcare, <laughs> whatever. But the micro penis guys, I would fight for them till my dying day. I really feel awful for them. And there's just there's and nothing. Like, there is and you know nothing. what, Felix? If if you were a politician, you could probably get something done about this because there's not like a big micro penis lobby out there who wants to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. keep things the way they are. The is well, no, the Israeli lobby would be like, that's all our foreign recruits. <laughs> yeah. These are all all our recruits from Long Island are micro penis guys. <laughs> if you have micro penis, I'm sorry I said that. I don't know. Um, I, I just was saying how sad I feel for you. Um, Right. Uh, well, like uh, these are these are some of the um, he outlined some of the uh, like the failed or like, you know, the, the, the things that don't work. But it says it wasn't until the spring of 2019 when he was 36 that he came across something appealing, a silicone implant shaped like a hot dog bun, which could be inserted just under the skin of the penis to increase its girth and flaccid length. The device called the Panuma had it been invented by James Elist, a silver-haired urologist who had been described on TMZ as the Thomas Edison of penis surgery. So it means he, he, he stole the Panuma from the Nikola Tesla of penis enhancement surgery. He killed an uh, elephant with a, pe- with a penis <laughs> enhancement surgery. <laughs> We've got to make this elephant's dick bigger. <laughs> it's not big enough. <laughs> uh, so it says here... Um, Elis procedure was touted as reversible, and according to a rapturous article in GQ, more than a thousand men had already undergone it. It was also, as far as Mick could tell, the only genital enhancement on the market that had received the blessing of the Food and Drug Administration. The basic operation would cost $15,000, roughly half of Mick's life savings. Though he added in a pair of discounted, <laughs> though he added in a pair of discounted text testicular implants at seven grand for. Why are you getting test testicle implants? There's no woman that's impressed by having a, a Ooh, large, those huge balls. balls. Are so like, big and pendulous. <laughs> like, if a, yeah, if a woman, if a woman like won't have sex with you because of the size of your balls, like she was already looking for an out. I've yeah. got to say, <laughs> like, you know, that's no that was doomed breaker. from the get go. You know, yeah, it's just like you know, like you didn't get a call back. It's because like she was out there with her girlfriends. They were having mimosas, and they were, she was like, "Girlfriends, you won't believe how small the testicles of this guy I had <laughs> sex with last night was." I don't know. Maybe ladies do do that kind of stuff. I don't know what they get up to. Look, um, if his balls aren't clacking together like a Newton's <laughs> cradle, I don't want to see it. Um, so it says here. Uh, he put down a deposit, told his long-distance boyfriend that he was taking a work trip, and on a... Okay. This guy the, a how can you not boyfriend? tell your boyfriend about this? So, like, then you come you back and you're like, hey, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I got stuck by a bee. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought, like, I, 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 I had sympathy for this guy because it's like, I assumed, you know, he was alone. He was, you know... This would help. He thought this would help with his confidence or something. But he has a fucking boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Um. He he put down a deposit. Told his long distance boyfriend that he was taking a work trip, and on a sunny morning in September, arrived at Elist's office in Beverly Hills. A framed copy of the GQ story cover line: "We have huge news about your manhood." Hung on the wall of the exam room. Elist strode in, directed Mick to drop his pants, and rolled Mick's scrotal sack appraisingly between his fingers as though it were a piece of fruit at a market stall. Mm. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, so it says here, uh, Elist's hands seemed reassuringly delicate, but Mick wanted to see the implant before it was put inside him. The surgeon clicked open a briefcase containing three translucent sheaths. 
large, extra large, and extra, extra large. The device felt stiff to mix touch, but Elis told him that over time, it would soften to the consistency of a gummy bear. Mm. <laughs> is this one of the Aribo gummy bears, or is this like... I'm, I'm, I, need, I need some details on this. Um, okay, so it said... Uh, the operation took place the same morning in an outpatient clinic up the street. In a pre-op room awaiting his turn, he watched Rush Hour in its entirety on a flat screen TV. <laughs> I, I think like Rush Hour would be the perfect movie to watch before you were potentially getting your dick mangled for life or going under general anesthesia that you may not wake up from. I'd just think, you know, that'd be a good thing. to. But like also... I mean, this is your dick you're talking about. I know this isn't like, you know, getting uh, open heart surgery or whatever, but like, I'd probably be, I'd probably be more uh, careful about uh, the, the, like, you know, like a same day operation as the consult at an outpatient clinic where they let you watch rush hour. I would not entrust my dick to any, anyone like that. Yeah. I would want the finest and most reputable doctors to do the dick <laughs> surgery. Can show me. I want the pre-op room to have Criterion Channel so I can watch something on the something wholesome and artistic before my dick is permanently uh, destroyed. When the surgery was over, Mick, still groggy from the general anesthesia, took an Uber to a Motel Six near the airport, where he spent the next five days alone on his back, his penis mummy wrapped in gauze. Morning mm. erections were excruciating. Mm. Sharp jolts seized his crotch whenever he peed, which he could not do, which he could only do by leaning over the bathtub. I mean, we've all, you know, trying to pee with a morning wood is always a nightmare. But imagine doing that for five days straight every time you needed to urinate and it felt like razor blades were passing through your urethra. Uh, so it said, um, uh, he'd anticipated some discomfort, but when he changed his gauze, he was starting to see the corners of the implant protruding under the skin like a misplaced oh. bone. Come on, oh, man. Oh, 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 oh. Come on, man. Oh, God. Um, back in Seattle, hurts. the Panuma's edges <laughs> continued to jut out, particularly on the uh, right side. Oh, although, although the testicular oh, implants looked fine. Thank God for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Phew. Mission you got those meaty clackers now, at least. Uh, he decided not to tell his boyfriend about the operation. Talking to him would only make it seem more real, and he wasn't yet prepared to entertain the possibility he'd made a terrible mistake. When he emailed Elis Clinic, the staff urged patience, consoling him that he was continuing to heal as we expect. Then he began to lose sensation. I know it's been just three weeks, and I'm following by the letter all the instructions, but I'm a bit concerned about the look of it, as you have seen in the <sighs> pictures he wrote to Elis. I just... I. I know I'm laughing here, but I feel really bad for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like brutal. absolutely. Yeah. Like this should not. I would not wish this on my worst no, enemy. Oh fuck! This is oh. awful. <laughs> it's been seventy days since surgery, and yet it feels like a shrimp he wrote in November. I'm so oh, sorry for another dude. email he wrote in December, but I'm freaking out about the fact that I have zero sensitivity in my penis. Ooh. Being totally numb is normal, as mentioned in the past. Correct? He asked later that month. It will pass. Correct. Mm. <laughs> Can we like this is can totally, we totally normal? Do this, doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
just jumping ahead a little bit here, um, and this dovetails with a lot of what we talked about over the last couple of weeks, but it says here, because the FDA requires the pharmaceutical industry to conduct clinical studies of new drugs, it is often assumed that the same is required of medical device manufacturers. However, a loophole known as the, 5-1, uh, the 510K process allows companies to implant untested products in patients as long as they demonstrate that the devices are substantially equivalent to those already on the market. Oh, dear. Um, uh, going on, they talked to some other urologists that say the cosmetic revolution of the flaccid penis is urology's last frontier. <laughs> the final frontier is can we can we get those can we get those cocks bigger? We got to get the cocks bigger. They can't stand in the in the media, middle zone. They need to maximize everything. You got to just be able to be mid. You got to accept it. On the conference circuit, where the goals of the revolution were subject of fervid debate, Panuma surgeons argued that urologists were at a crossroads. They could cede the augmentation market to quacks and overconfident plastic surgeons, or they could embrace their vocations as so-called champions of the penis. When the tabloids reported in March 2019 that a Belgian-Israeli billionaire had died on a Parisian operating table while getting an unknown substance injected into his penis, it seemed to prove their point. <laughs> but they're going on to some of these other... other uh, Sort of explorers in the uh, exploring the undiscovered country of a, a bigger, thicker cox. It says here, uh, Paul Perito, who developed a popular filler named Europhil, asked colleagues at a recent webinar attended by doctors across the world. He displayed a slide highlighting an ad by Victor Loria, an osteopath and erstwhile hair transplant specialist headquartered in Miami, whose permanent penile filler injections were on sale for $14,950. Loria's concoction mixed in house includes silicone oil, which is typically used to refill damaged eyeballs. Perito described Loria's methods as practically criminal, but Loria, who self-identifies as the highest volume permanent penile filler administrator in the nation, I'd like that on a t-shirt, please, <laughs> denies unethical conduct, but defends safety record of his product and told me that Perito and his bandits were just upset that he'd stepped into the urologist's sandbox. <laughs> what the Panuma promised the urologist He's disrupting was disrupting dicks, literally. <laughs> yeah. So it says what the Panuma promised the urologist was effectively what it promised patients, the chance to make it even bigger. Inserting an inflatable penile prosthesis to treat erectile dysfunction brings a surgeon around $800. For the Panuma procedure, which is not covered by insurance, the same surgeon could pocket six times as much. In the paperwork Mick had initialized on, initialed on the day of his surgery, a clause said, the clinic highly discourages seeking information elsewhere on the information provided, as the information provided Mick can be false, misleading, and inaccurate. One day, though, Mick opened a Google and searched E-list, Panuma, and Numb. Really? <laughs> Here are some more uh, horror stories in case uh, you didn't feel bad enough already. A truck driver whose device dug into his pubic bone told me that he felt like a prisoner in my own body. An executive at an adhesive company who hid his newly bulging crotch behind a shopping bag when walking his dog began to have nightmares in which he castrated himself. A sales specialist at an industrial supply store sent me his diary, which imagined Elis as its addressee. I wish you could have told me I would lose erect length, he wrote. I wish you would have told me it could shift and pinch my urethra and make it difficult to urinate. Oh, oh. dude. Oh. Um, but like, it, look, uh, God, wait, there's one more. It, it was tricky to bend over and tie the laces of winter boots. Tricky to slip on a condom. 
tricky to slip into a com- sleep in a comfortable position, tricky to stretch, tricky to spoon. It makes you look like you're always semi erect, the health spa vice president said of the Panuma. I couldn't let my kids sit on my lap. I couldn't jump on the trampoline with them. I even this guy like a pervert. had fucking kids. <laughs> yeah. Why okay, are you doing this? I, I, I feel bad. Why for are you it, doing you this? Fucking kids. Why are yeah. you doing this? Yeah, you should just deal with it. Your dick already works. It's already done. The, it's it's you, it you won, homie. It, it imagine imagine if you fucking died on the operating table. Your kids would you'd be the first case of like three siblings all becoming mass shooters. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a level of trauma beyond even like the paddock. Yeah, family. my dad my dad died because he wanted a bigger fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you like, won, man. Like, look, a good, good gift horse in the mouth, Jesus. Uh, but God. look, it's it's not all it's not all horror stories because um, Kaylin okay. Kaylin Strauss, a thirty five year old life coach, was thrilled. Uh, oh, by good, both- a life coach likes it. <laughs> Got to be good. Uh, the thirty five year old life coach was thrilled both by the restaurant sized pepper mill between his leg and the kilts he began wearing to accommodate it. Motherfuckers <laughs> uh, uh, driven uh, uh, to utility kilts. My God. <laughs> A pepper mill? No. A restaurant sized pepper mill. Uh, Ruby Rosa. Yeah. Uh, and then listen to this. Richard Haig Jr., a 74 year old pastor at a Baptist church in Niagara Falls, said his implant made him feel like a wild stallion. Once again, <laughs> you're 74 years old. You should not feel like a wild stallion. <laughs> Your dick is fine. Jesus. For dozens of uh, Panuma patients who spoke to me, the shock of the new was the prelude to graver troubles. Some, like Mick, lost sensations. Others said they experienced stabbing pains in the shower or during sex. Uh, Seroma or excess fluid was not uncommon. When a defense and intelligence contractor's girlfriend... Okay, I'm beginning to feel less sympathy here. Yeah. When a defense and intelligence contractor's girlfriend, a registered nurse, aspirated his seroma with a sterile needle, a (sighs) cup of amber fluid oozed out. The one time they tried to have sex, she told me, the corners of his implant felt like someone sticking a butter knife inside you. Ah! Ah! (laughs) Just listen or stop. We'll stop the episode right now. (laughs) Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. Oh, God, wait. Uh, Some implants got infected or detached. Others buckled at the corners. Occasionally, these protrusions broke through the skin, forming a hole that would fester. The hole of health spa vice president was so tiny that he originally mistook it and mistook its fermented odor for an STD. An engineer with gallows humor played me a video of the snorting crunch his penis made when air moved through a hole. He had two holes, and the skin between them eventually eroded so that a corner of the implant emerged. Pearlescent. Okay. All right. <laughs> like when you, uh, when you wear out a pair of Chuck Taylors. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wait, there's, a, uh, there's one more detail in here that I got to get to. So uh, another one of the victims here, it says here, Emmanuel Jackson, then 26, was a model who had grown up in foster homes outside of Boston. He won a free Panuma in a contest in 2003 <laughs> as part of a marketing campaign involving the rapper Master P. Make him say, oh, my penis gone. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I know to- what I'm going to be thinking <laughs> the next rest of my life. 
According to a complaint by the Medical Board of California, Jackson says he was given scripted answers for a promotional video, which later appeared on Elis' YouTube channel. Elis' spokesperson said Jackson volunteered his positive comments in the video, and Master P, who once featured Elis on his Playboy radio show, said through his own spokesperson that he was not involved with any YouTube testimonials for the implant. Master, I mean, Master P, do better. I mean, yeah, like, seriously. could you please endorse a, a reputable dick enlargement product? <laughs> I expected better from the star writer and producer of Repos, starring you know himself and Michael Blackson. I guess he's finally discovered a limit. That's right. <laughs> to the, how big your What's dick can be. What's wild is is that it seems like technology and penis enlargement is actually uh, going down over time. Because I remember in the '80s they had this thing that would like. Is it like an, a bike inflatable bike tire thing that would put into your dick yeah. and they would put a little pump on your uh, under your bladder and you could literally pump it up like a pair of those uh, shoes. And that seems like a better system than whatever the hell this is. Like the I don't Reebok. know why yeah. we transitioned here. Maybe because it's uh, the parts are cheaper. I don't know. Uh, uh, some some more uh, satisfied customers. An FBI agent in his early 30s said that he was afraid he would never date again, let alone start a family, because his penis had shrunk to a stub. A Hollywood executive. Hey, wait, 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 wait. So, it shrunk. Yeah, it shrunk. Yeah, so he didn't sort of doing the opposite. He didn't start out with a micro penis. It just went away. <laughs> yeah, he has I'm, disappearing uh, penis syndrome. I'm concerned. Like this guy, I I questioned his thought process because if it really did shrink. It's like I'd read less about the surgery and more that you like angered a witch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, wait. Did you have, did oh, you have my a God, Felix, I didn't even, I didn't even notice this when I first read the article. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Felix, you were inquiring about how big Mick's penis was before the surgery. I didn't even notice this when I first read the article. Listen to this. A year had passed since Mick's explant, and he'd entered a serious depression. This is like after he got the implant taken out and he lost all sensation in his glands. Basically, dick, dick don't work. Broken. He'd barely noticed when pandemic restrictions were lifted because he'd continued to stay in his bed. Originally, six and a half inches erect, he had lost an inch of length. What? Whenever he caught what? Like, that, that, that is larger than average. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, listeners, is... you, you, you fill me in here, but... That's a, that's that a normal size. It's normal, healthy, <laughs> middle of the bell curve penis. <laughs> middle of the bell and penis. I, I I hate to say this, but there is something else going on. Like imagine yes. being a micro penis guy hearing that. Yeah. Oh my god, it'd be infuriating. What would I would do for six and a half? <laughs> like, oh my god, this guy. The the, the thing I I was joking about that happened. When I was 10, this guy is like an adult going through that. This is incredible. It, it, it's crazy, man. Like, I just. It really. This no is. One, yeah. No one cares about it like more than. than yeah, men. than men. Yeah. Like, no one. No one thinks about it more than like. And not men, just men, you individually. You're right. It doesn't matter to anyone else in the way that it matters to you. Unless you, you know, have, have a micro penis, I guess. But like. The, all the guys in this article, like I guarantee no one has thought about it as much as them. Mm -mm. Uh, back to the uh, FBI agent, though. It says here an FBI agent in his early 30s said that he was afraid he would never date again, let alone start a family because his penis had shrunk to a stub. Oh, in Hollywood. Is this Havana syndrome, maybe? Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
A Hollywood executive who'd undergone multiple surgeries with Elis told me, it's like he also snipped the possibility of intimacy away from me. The defense and intelligence contractor who traveled the country to consult six reconstructive surgeons said he tucked a Glock in his waistband before one appointment, thinking he might kill himself if the doctor couldn't help. I'm glad this guy's still on the staff. <laughs> I, simply, I simply must stress... Uh, tucking a Glock into your waistband becomes significantly harder after the the, the penile hot dog bun has been inserted under your under your uh, the, your foreskin or uh, on your into your shaft. I'm really uh, glad this guy is answering that phone at 3 a.m. <laughs> if anyone remembers the Hillary ad, yeah. Uh, so it says uh, just the end of the article. It says here, uh, uh, still Kevin had always found the surgeon to be caring if a little preoccupied. He reminded me of Dr. Frankenstein. The intensity of him wanting this thing to come to life, Kevin told me. It sounded strange, he acknowledged, before each, op each operation he'd been filled with excitement. You feel just relieved that you're fixing something, he said. At an point, this is, this is like the surgeons who, like, they're, like the article, be, like, it takes a long time, like, but the article becomes about, like, that there's now a cottage industry and surgeons and urologists who have to fix, like, through many surgeries, these horrible uh, cock butcherings. But uh, here at the end here, it says, um, at an appointment earlier this year, Kevin said, Elis promised to fix him again with a sixth procedure, but one of the surgeon's assistants discreetly advised against it. Kevin thought he could spot the other experiments in the clinic from their loose-fitting sweatpants and the awkward way they walked. There were so many men waiting to see the doctor that they spilled into the hallway. Oh, boy. Folks, the men and their brains and their dicks, it's just, it's, it's something's got to, something's got, we got to do better. We got we to we we have, have got to do and better. figure out what's going on here. Because you got people yeah. going like, this dude reminds me of Dr. Frankenstein, creator of Frankenstein's <laughs> normal guy. <laughs> <laughs> can you uh can you just stitch uh john holmes's cock on some uh, just replace yeah. mine with his uh just um uh, you know like i i know i know masturbation has been called self-abuse but this is the definition of self-abuse like just mm. uh, it's just uh I, you know i just I, I want better for all my kings out there. And, you know, like, yeah, we all got to get together and do some bro care for God's sake. Sometimes that means a, a bigger, thicker cock. But sometimes it just means, you know, just just being happy with yourself. Yeah. And knowing that you're the only one who cares about this for the most part. Yeah, man, it's OK. We're all just out here trying, man, just trying our best. Few of us have giant tools. <laughs> They're overrepresented in media. Yeah. If if these guys if these guys could see the lives of some of the, some of the men I've known who have you know twelve inch flaccid cocks they would they would be grateful for their blessings. Yeah, you my know? life is not as all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this reminds me of uh, of the wisdom of of a, of a longtime friend of the show. Uh, you need to have a gorilla mindset about this yeah. kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. gorillas are huge, incredibly cool dudes who bang their chests and hang out in the forest and are generally just kings. And they have the smallest genitals of any primate. They got nothing down there, and they're fine. Yeah, yeah. And then, okay, I love that, armadillos. That one gorilla that was dropping dick off, he was still dropping dick off. <laughs> exactly. I, I And I love armadillos. We all think they're cute. But they have, like, some of the biggest dicks proportional to their bodies do they, does their life seem good? Yeah. 
No. Armadillo versus You're a, a gorilla. fucking skid mark on a be? Texas highway. Not a contest. Is Armadillos easy. are like abused by the world. Yeah. Whereas go- gorillas are our secret kings. Uh, Felix, do you know? Do you know actually uh, what animal has the largest uh, penis to like as a, as a proportion of their body size? You want to talk about an animal that's even more cursed than the armadillo? It's the barnacle. Oh, the barnacle. that sucks. <laughs> yeah. That 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 sucks because it's like if they know it, if they if they like know what dicks are socially, but then you have to live your life just being a static like crust on the side of a ship yeah you're not you're so, never gonna meet a woman <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about felix all ships are ladies oh <laughs> they're, they're, they're 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 all over them they need they meet nothing but bitches uh, it says here a uh, barnacle uh barnacles can have penises that extend to eight times the length of their bodies eight times that, that is just impractical well, um, I hope everyone enjoyed the, that article. Uh, I, I, I hope it maybe put the fear of God in anyone uh, considering any of these fly-by-night uh, dick enlargement surgeries. Machi, machi. Because yeah, that was I mean, like that was a that was a horror show, a horror show. Yeah, that was one of the scariest things we've ever read on the show. Just, just like respect, respect the cock, tame the tame your desire to have a bigger one. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, uh, well, that's it for Cock News, and that's it for uh, Chapo today. So, uh, till next time, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye.